1: Box.
0: Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now.
2: So last week, you took issue, let's say, with my saying that our podcast was not... Prof- I didn't say that we weren't professional. I simply said there was another podcast that was more professional. Do you need a shovel
0: just- for that hole that you're digging? You responded
2: I mean- by doing fart noises, Kate. And I didn't say it at the time, yep. but... But your your fart noises they're subpar. Oh uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, oh yeah.
0: No Why sense. are we talking about this, Betsy?
2: Um, we're talking about this, Kate, just because uh, I'm a reviewer and I review everything I come in contact with, including your freaking fart noises. So I'm just All saying right. that's uh, that's what I do. And uh, and what 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 what's this podcast called
0: here that we're doing? Uh, Fuse and Kate, the fart maker, apparently. Sure. <laughs> what, do we, what do we do on the podcast gate uh we read children's picture books that's actually true she said with suspicion
2: <laughs> yes we do uh and we and we we judge them
0: we review them we rate them we judge them we belittle them we admire them it depends on the book oh that's true
2: and today we have a special guest a
1: guest
2: joining us i know ooh indeed So, our special guest is Ursula Murray Houston. She is a cartoonist. She created a marvelous graphic novel that anyone who has ever admired cats or Greece or uh, famous works of art should check out.
0: Um, Uh, I like all three of those things.
2: (laughs) All three of those things. It is. It's fantastic. Uh, It's called A Cat Story. lovely and fantastic uh and she lives in minneapolis which is just a nice plus because all good things come from minneapolis as far as i'm concerned
1: i agree
0: so
2: welcome to the podcast
1: oh thank you so much many many good things come from minneapolis exactly like many donuts and the peterson salted nut rolls there's a factory
2: and you are a fan of the podcast
1: I am. I am. I love picture books and I love smart opinions about picture books. And yet you listen to us. And I like (laughs) fart noises. So like, this is all in my wheelhouse.
2: Well, we are pleased as punch to have you joining us today. You suggested a book. Uh, which I'm so pleased, Kate. You have it stuffed under your chair. Kate and I are in—I should say—for the podcast listeners, we're in a different room because we're doing the Zencaster recording, which is why probably the quality is not as high as it usually is. But uh,
0: them's the breaks. Should I pull the book out from under the chair while you do the drumroll noises? Yes, we should. Boo! <gasps> Lulu and the Flying Babies by posy simmons yes
2: that is the book that is that is the book right ursula that's the it is it is the book it
1: is the book <laughs> okay. it is such a book
2: i just you know you always have that last minute of fear of like maybe there's another flying babies book and i got it mixed up somehow but uh this is the one with lulu
0: and, and to be clear the flying babies are cherubs right oh, yeah putty Te- more technically baby, oh, sure. yeah
2: Cherub. That's cherub, cherubs of flying baby. Yeah, right. yeah. Pooty. Not like a biblical cherub, which is just all wings and eyes and weirdness.
0: Um Oh no, I'm I'm clearly looking at a butt. There's a well defined butt there with some uh some butt cheeks just hanging out in the wind. But it must be quite cold because it's snowing.
2: Remember <laughs> last week we were looking for butts, but there were no butts in the book to be found? Now you've got your butts. I'm
0: so I'm, happy. You. I'm happy. I'm a happy girl.
2: <laughs> all right, Kate. Why don't you take that book and go read the book?
1: Okay.
2: Okay. So, Ursula, tell me, where did you first encounter the works of Posey Simmons? And, in particular, the book we're discussing today.
1: So, I grew up with a different book of hers, uh, The Chocolate Wedding, which has the same characters as Lulu and the Flying Babies. And, as a grown-up cartoonist, when I realized that I could just buy the books that I wanted, I went out and bought everything that she had made. And I found out that not only is she, she's got tremendous breath as a children's author, but she also has lots of fabulously funny, dark, strange grown-up comics as well. Cassandra Dark, Gemma Beauvier. Um So Posey Simmons started out as a newspaper cartoonist and she started out doing single panel gags and Uh, like 1969 and she sort of grew up in that system of being funny with lots of small drawings and then moved on to children's books and um, adult books but she always has that sort of open sense of cartooning where everything lives in a panel even if it isn't necessarily specifically bordered in she's just brilliant
2: That's fascinating particularly she's british right oh yes so that's also how the creator of the Moomins started out, as I recall. She did Moomin comics in England.
1: Well, it's also what I did. Oh. I, I did newspaper comics for yeah. my university newspaper um, before I went on to making full-length works. There's something really good about making a short thing and finishing it and then getting head pats and then doing another short thing that sort of lets you build up that muscle memory before you can make a full book.
2: what do you what are you up to these days what are you uh, what are you working on
1: i am working on a book called botticelli's apprentice Ooh, I um it's love it. it's a comic book um it's set in the early 1480s and there's this girl mella and she wants more than anything else in the world to be a painter um but she's in the 1480s in florence it so happens. this is very difficult yeah. um, so she is taking care of botticelli's chickens and sort of scrounging around and figuring out how best she can pull information from her surroundings. And she winds up with a dog with very poor impulse control who somehow leads her into the path of uh, blackmailing Botticelli's official apprentice into giving her painting lessons.
0: Hello. Hello. I read a book. You read a book? I did. And it was called? Oh, um, see, here's my one qualm with it, really. Oh. I don't remember the title. Lulu and what the Flying movie? Babies. That's not one for me to, like, remember in my head. I don't know why. It's no. uh, it's a weird book, man. <laughs> okay, What's... let's what? let's go through it. Okay, so we're introduced to this young couple with, like, a toddler and a young baby. And the toddler is like, okay, so when are we going to go to the park? Oh, we're like we start off. The first sentence in the book is, "I was angry at home."
2: So the, Ooh, that's the, good for sentence. Yeah, the yeah.
0: toddler's like, "When are we gonna go?" And the parents are like, "We're we're getting your 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 sibling ready. We're getting Willie ready. Got to put on like the hat and everything." And the toddler's like, "Let's go! Time's yes. a ticking!" And uh, eventually they get out of the house. And then the the next line is, "I was angry in the street." And because the kid's like, when are we gonna get to the park? Stop talking to random people in the street.
2: <laughs> there, is a, there is a picture book out right now called My Parents Won't Stop Talking, which is mm. the same kind of general plot. But in their case, um, the parents are they're going to the park and the parents stop and talk to the neighbors who are called, and I love this, the Credenzas, Ooh. Um, which I just think is just the best name for parents, for neighbors that won't stop talking to your parents and your parents won't leave
0: yeah and this toddler is like (laughs) when are we gonna go to the park and i think we've all seen this toddler like in the park in a store in a street just like we've
2: all been this toddler
0: well yeah and then i noticed that it's just the dad and the two kids mom didn't go with so good on mom for taking the afternoon for herself i hope she enjoys a nice bubble bath i hope she has a nice martini in her hand and enjoys some time away
1: From everyone.
2: (laughs) All one half of an hour of it. (laughs)
1: Exactly. And the thing that's wonderful is it's just like, yeah, of course dad's taking the kids out. There's not a big deal of like, is he going to be able to do this? He's not like a television commercial dad. He's just a dad taking his kids out as you do. And it's this normalization of like, these are real people. And it begins in a very real place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But here's the part where I'm on the kid's side. Okay. It says, I was angry in the park and the kids like okay cool we're here gonna go play out and the dad's like no we we can't it's snowing too much and but the kids like no but no i but you but you said we could play here and he's like no we have to go to the museum it's it's too cold for your brother willie like the baby and i'm like kid i hope you throw a tantrum so loud <laughs> ah! Because that dad deserves it. You can't just say you're going to go to the park and then you get there and it's like, no, just kidding.
2: (laughs) Well, especially because, like, I'm sorry, did this snowstorm just suddenly hit the minute the foot entered into the park, or was it snowing the whole time on the way there? It's snowing the whole time! It's not what this is. The dad is cold. Yes! And he does not want to be in the park. The little, the kid in the stroller is probably fine. And as I've well Well, the kid
0: is on the dad's back, so he's getting warmth there. And Speaking as someone from Chicago, I'm sure you're from Minneapolis. We know snow. This ain't snow. This This is a spit. Yeah. Yeah. This is pathetic.
2: How to to heat anything anyway. You ever been in a home in like England? They they. it's there's a dank. There's a dank to it. They don't they don't turn up the heat high enough. It's just.
0: So the dad, the dad's like, nope, we're going to go to the museum. So they get to the museum and the kid is rightfully furious and is just going to throw a tantrum by sitting on a couch. And the dad's like, all right, well, when you're done having your little tantrum on the couch, go find us uh, by the dinosaur. And I'm like, OK, wait, I had to check when this was written because it was in 1990. Would a parent leave their kid alone in part of a fancy museum nowadays? Now,
2: that's a good question in England, uh, because I, do See, feel- I didn't know
0: this was England until later when they say crisps so oh,
2: yeah, good call. i was yeah, thinking
0: this could have been like you. new york or chicago any any city with a fancy art museum would you leave
1: your toddler alone in a part
0: of a fancy museum by themselves
1: maybe but i think that one of the ways that the dad comes off as not the world's worst parent here um is that in you can see the dinosaur from where he's standing So it seems sort of like there's visual confirmation where he's just going to take the little boy over to the dinosaur room and that he can have his eyes on the child, right? You can see that there's the dinosaur. He's not just walking off into some random part of the museum. It feels like this is a place they go to. He can still sort of be aware of where she is in this space. Cause that was something I was like, boy, he just walks away and leaves her. Like, all parents have been there would we actually do we it do the thing, you've right. seen
2: parents do this all the time like okay i'm going now and they're like start walking away to like scare the child into coming with them so they don't have to drag them by the arm um which works i'd say 50 percent of the time Sometimes
1: oh, never with my daughter
0: she just goes okay go okay bye well now the the kid is saying oh horrible daddy i wanted to play in the snow and and then the kid is right sitting on a couch underneath a painting that has like, um, it's like a woman on top of a, I don't know, is that a bull?
1: It, it's it a, it's a depiction of Europa and the bull oh, from okay. the, the Great Greek <laughs> myth.
0: And oh, we just gonna lead in the swan in here. My and, God. There's, yeah. and there's cherubs, but then there's also like a statue of a cherub next to the couch, and the cherubs in the painting and the statue come to life and start telling the toddler don't pick your nose, don't use your sleeves, use a tissue, don't stand on the couch. And I'm thinking, what do you do if you're being lectured by a baby statue? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You do what this kid does, and you just shut up and you do what you're told, because you don't know what the heck is going on.
2: (laughs) You don't even tell me to put on a pair of pants. You're just like, all right, yes, sir, (laughs) Mr. I mean, I'm never going to
0: look at one of those statue baby turbs ever the same ever again i'm just gonna be like oh my gosh it's gonna lecture me (laughs) i mean she stopped picking her nose that's true and she stopped using her sleeve as a tissue she didn't stand on the couch anymore i mean she did what she was told and then they say to her so you wanted snow was it she's like yeah and they're like okay and they lift her up and they fly her out of the room
2: did they did she just Raymond Briggs, the snowman, the kid out of there, because that's a Raymond Briggs, the snowman move. Yes. To fly the kid out in a snowy situation. Very much so. know that book came out before this one. It did.
1: It is. And the thing that's really smart is she has two um, implied panel lines here where you don't see the edges of the panel, but you see a white bar on either side of the page turn that implies time passing because in comics the gutter the space between the panels is where time is happening right so in this picture book format she is bringing comic conventions to give a greater sense of movement in time within the static picture plane it's really smart
0: thank you for explaining that because i didn't understand what what that was
1: (laughs) but you felt the movement in the time right
0: well, yeah, but I mean, it's also like you could there's like four of her, you know, and, and it's like just, you know, it's it's like a camera snapshot. Like now she's here. Now she's up here. Now they're carrying over here. But the the lines also make it had that sense of movement too which makes right.
2: sense yeah you never had any feeling that there were like three versions of like three girls in the no. same room at some point you understood that movement was happening yep. and that this was all the same child which you have to convey in some way this is what a lot of problem like people who've never read comics have a really hard time with because they don't know how to understand the passage of time visually so this is fascinating
0: okay huh. so they they pick her up and they take her into another painting where they roll in the snow because she said she wanted snow then they take her into another painting where they're playing around in water and i'm like okay this is very hogwarts we're just gonna jump from one painting to the next and i'm on board i understand it so yeah, yep. <laughs> and then now, Ursula, are these famous paintings that, that I was she's just made? gonna ask because when you get to like growling
1: at the tiger, I'm
0: like, is this an actual like
1: piece of art? Yeah, this is Henry Rousseau. Um, and he was a post-impressionist, oh. yeah. kind of right on the the borderline from impressionist to expressionist. But yeah, these are all sort of recognizably famous uh works that she does not cite at all, which I find fascinating. Because it's not, that's not what's important about it. What's important about it is the mischief that Lulu and the Flying Babies get up to. Kids don't actually care where the painting no, is from.
2: No, no, a child reading this is not going to turn to their parent and be like, Daddy, do tell me what painting this one is.
0: Well, then we get to uh, this, uh, where they're, they're in a painting with a king and a horse, and it says, we patted a king and gave crisps to his horse. At which point I was like, Oh, this ain't American.
2: Even if it had been chips. You could have gotten away with that, but crisps, no. Yeah,
0: but no. this definitely requires the illustrator to manage a lot of different kinds of art techniques, which I really appreciate because it's not all the same type of art thats that they're jumping from one type of painting to another.
1: She's doing a lot of these um, both in the sort of medium. She's working in watercolor Uh, largely watercolor and ink, and she's doing colored pencil on top of it. But you can also see that she's doing some gouache and some opaque watercolor um, in some of the other ones. She's really got a great handle of making all these different works feel like they live in the same place.
0: My favorite is when they're going through the dark, scary woods, because that's the kind of person I am. Uh, and, And they're and they're getting lost, and and the Lulu is saying, "I want my daddy," and then the cherub says, "I want my dad," and I'm like, "Huh, I never thought about cherubs having parents, but I guess." Do they mean God? I don't. I don't know. So they they exit the woods and they get to they're back in the museum, and they get to the security guard, and they're all describing to the security guard what they're like. Well, Lulu's like, "Well, you know." his mummy is wearing a nightie and she's riding a cow and his daddy's got a big fork and grapes on his head so clearly describing the painting which good for her for remembering what the painting was in the first place because yeah i would not remember where they came from if art was talking to me just oh. <laughs> but then lulu describes what her dad is he's wearing a hat and he's carrying my baby brother And then immediately she sees her dad and they're reunited, which is great. Um, And she's, you know, describing to her dad, look, we we flew and we went to the sea and we growled at a tiger. And the dad's like, oh, fancy that. But you turn the page and you get to my favorite part of this entire book where the two cherubs, one of them is right, like the painting one is riding the security guard's shoulder. The statue is holding his hand. And they're saying, we petted a king, and we got lost in this dark, scary woods. And they're describing their experience as well. And the security guard is like, well, I never. And it's the cutest, like, I, but it's also weird that um, he knows that the art is coming to life, but it's a super cute picture that I really like. (laughs) And that's the end.
2: Isn't it sweet? And I just want to say, I, I noticed there were panels. There were, there were panels within the,
0: so again, very Raymond Briggs. Oh, yes.
2: But um, but also a lot of the influence from
0: her days of doing, yeah, newspaper comics. That's, it's definitely a different, I mean, I don't think you've shown me a book that's like, you know, it can have panels like a comic book, or it can be like a two-page spread. Yeah, that's beautiful. Wow, that's really beautiful. I like the
1: Dark Scary Woods, what can I say? Is still doing. She is still in active work. Oh, she is, so she's still alive and well. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's in her 70s, and her recent work is really beautiful as well. Like, she just keeps making work. It's it's aspirational by George.
2: Well, maybe I'll include uh, in our show notes all the Posey Simmons one can get in America, uh, what is currently in print, and uh, and put that into the show notes there in case people would like to see them for themselves. Ratings time! Ooh. 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 Ooh.
1: Guess first.
2: Yeah, Oh yeah, do you should yeah, should Ursula go first, being the guest? Oh,
1: sure. Okay, so if a visit to William Blake's Inn is a 10, this is an eight and a half for me. Her other book, Fred, is a nine. But I love Lulu and the Flying Baby, so eight and a half. Excellent. Kate, how about yourself?
0: Okay, so I like I like weird. I can appreciate weird, but it's the ending I like the most with the old man taking the art back to their place uh, in the museum. It teaches imagination. I like the different kinds of art. And I've never seen anything like this before. I'm, again, I'm not going to remember the title, but I'm going to remember the story. So I gave it a seven.
2: You know, I love comics or sequential art, panels, anything that's in a picture book. And of course, um, everyone in Europe's been doing it for years and years in their children's books. And it's just here in America where we're like, oh, get me my smelling salts. (laughs) <laughs> it's like a comic it's horrible um so it's nice to see this in in some way um and so naturally and like i say definitely very raymond briggs but i like it more than raymond Briggs. um nothing against raymond Briggs, but his books they're weird <laughs> they just i don't know they don't hit the
0: same way and i feel like this has
2: a little more emotional well, resonance this
0: is weird but it has heart at the end that's
2: it that's exactly it it has heart and um whereas the snowman he's a puddle at the end so who cares so yeah i i'm sorry it's true also it's a way for her to sort of like show off her own art um it's a very clever book because it sort of teaches kids about art without teaching kids about art but when they see these paintings later in life they'll be like oh that's interesting i can i remember something from when i was a kid let's learn more about this
0: so uh i am also a seven so, with our scores combined, it's above a five. So, it's definitely a classic. It's a classic. Yay! Yay! All right. <laughs> Letters time. Yeah. All right. So,
2: for the uh, letter we have here it comes from Rochelle. And she wrote, uh, By the way, I cried a little in the follow up to The Big Red Lollipop with the story about the author's sister. I've been teaching that book for eight years. I do it in the context of our first grade social studies curriculum. My main takeaway is that in families, everyone learns from each other. I also play the video of the author because she is amazing. I also like that my yeshiva kids meet people they might not encounter in their world's Thanks for the Amazing podcast. Aw, that's
0: awesome. Yeah, we haven't,
2: that was a long time ago. We haven't done Big Red Lollipop was, was quite a number of years ago, I would say.
1: Um, Ursula, do you want to start with your grown-up thing you like? Yes. Um, So anything that has to do with the utopian movements in the United States is something that I have long been obsessed with. And I recently finished reading The King of Confidence by Miles Harvey, which is about a two-bit newspaper man and con artist who declares himself to be the sovereign heir to the Mormon church and the king of a separatist nation of an island in Lake Michigan and it's not fiction. Beaver Island,
2: right? It was Beaver, Beaver Island? Island, yeah. Oh, so yeah. Hmm.
1: Um, and so it's written like a novel, but it's historical, and it's a really delightful read. So it's The King of Confidence by Miles Harvey.
2: Growing up, because Kate and I grew up in Michigan, our mom would tell us about, oh, by the way, there was this crazy guy who declared himself a king on Beaver Island here in Lake Michigan. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't know much beyond that. So it's nice to know that he has a He has his own book now.
1: He wasn't a great guy, turns out.
2: Yeah, as it turns out, you know, well, you know, it's many a fine person who has declared themselves king, my favorite being Denslow, the guy who illustrated the original Wizard of Oz books, Yes, um, got super rich from them, bought himself an island, declared himself king, made his cook the prime minister, and died drunk in a ditch. So don't do that. Kate, what you got?
0: Okay, so I'm kind of cheating because I'm doing three things, but I'll go really quick, I promise. Okay, oh, yeah. all right. So this weekend uh, was our first wedding anniversary, which uh, I guess the first anniversary is paper. So mm-hmm. uh, I was given sheet musics and you know, oh. for paper. Um, So my husband had, had a song written for me via a company called Songfinch. So you can choose the artist that you want based on what kind of music they write, how they sound, and my song that he had written for me is kind of an 80s rock sound to it, which is awesome. And then we played mini golf at this place called Putt Shack. So they're in Atlanta. Um, There's one in Chicago and London, but they're also opening ones in Boston, Dallas, Denver, Houston, Miami, Nashville, Philly, Pittsburgh, Scottsdale, and St. Louis. It's a tech infused mini golf, which means the balls keep track of the score for you and you can earn or lose points based on how you play. So there was one course that provided a question and you had to choose either true or false. And depending on which path you went down, the true path or the false path, depending on how many points you got, um, which was very interesting. And I love that I didn't have to keep track of the score. (laughs) And then after mini golf, we yeah. After Minigolf, Golf, we saw the new Bob's Burgers movie, which is essentially just like a really long episode. So if you like the show, you're gonna like the movie. And yeah, there you go. That's lots of grown up things that all you happened just, in one day.
2: Three <laughs> week consecutive weeks. I guess you do consistent grown up things, but man, I would I would have spread those way out. <laughs> I've been like in this week the putt put thing. Uh I it was all in one day, so I that's yeah. a very
0: impressive day.
2: Yeah. I, I and I did see your video of the putt-putt thing and it looks
0: amazing. It's a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. Go to Putt Shack if you have one nearby.
2: Except Putt Shack is a terrible name, but I like it. It's a terrible in a good way, I'd say. It's like
1: yeah, a B-52s parody. Long.
2: Yeah. Let's go to Putt Shack. <laughs> uh, it Sounds wrong. Um, yeah, my weekend was not half as exciting as yours, but my daughter was having a sleepover birthday party. Um, so she's obsessed with the Aaron Hunter uh warrior series in which cats it's it was described by um former hornbook editor Roger Sutton as Peyton place but with cats and I think that's probably the most accurate statement because it's just a soap opera but they're cats. Um occasionally they die and then their ghosts do stuff but generally speaking it's it's a lot of prophecies and cats doing cat stuff um anyway she's freaking obsessed with it less so the actual books and more like the fandom surrounding it but even so i thought about making a cake that was entirely the map um from i don't know one of the series i mean this has literally been going on for like 20 years so you know any one of the maps that have appeared would have been fine but then i thought it didn't seem very exciting so we constructed and i say wait because she helped me uh we constructed sort of a, a landscape with with greenery and, and a little um uh, a little stream going through the middle in which I had to decapitate one of these plastic cats that I got and to make it look like it was drowning because apparently in the series, one of them does almost drown. And then she created out of, um, she just took Snickers and then she just crammed them all together. And then we put gray frosting all over. And that was, that's the rock, which is apparently very important in the series. And uh, it was a lot of fun. We just made a really, I had to, I I hand like with a toothpick painted all the symbols and then put the symbols around the sides. Um, So yeah, it was super fun
0: right on Holy i don't know anything that you just said other than a decapitated cat so there we are
2: <laughs> it was, it was very decapitated and i had to tell well the the girls knew that the that the cats were not edible um but it was a little unnerving how easy it was to decapitate a cat so <laughs> oh fun fact
1: <laughs> oh. plastic <laughs> small plastic cat, cat.
2: That,
0: that'll yeah. be the takeaway line from this uh episode it'll be like i had no idea how easy it was to decapitate a cat oh my
1: publicist sister's gonna kill me <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, and on
1: that note um
2: i just want to thank you ursula for joining yeah, us thank you so
0: much for introducing so... me to like a really cool weird book man it's really cool awesome.
2: i didn't know anything about so it's so lovely and i think now we'll be able to introduce more people to it at least more yanks it could well be that the british knew about this and have for years and are baffled as to why we're only just reading it now
1: anybody who reads posy simmons because of this is one more person who loves posy simmons and that's what's good in the world because she's so good so thank you for having me i am genuinely a fan i listen to you guys a lot when i'm working because it's nice to have arguments happening that i don't have to take a side in (laughs) You are welcome back anytime. <gasps> Thank Absolutely. Thank you so much.
2: 100%. And we'll have to see you in Minneapolis one of these days.
1: Please do. All right.
2: Well, Until uh, we make our way up there, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at fusekate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at fuse underscore kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8, Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM, or follow us on iTunes and write our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our flying baby is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird.